Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com. Slash the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Good morning to you. Happy Friday, Doug Gottlieb and Bucky Brooks in for Dan and the Danettes. It is a football Friday. Many parts of the country. High school football kicking off. Bucky coaches a high school football team. He's got his first game tonight. Where's your first game tonight? Uh, first game is at Arlita, so in Van Nuys. We get to go and play a day game. 3.30, so you can imagine L.A. Heat and what that's going to feel like. Wait, wait, so Arlita's the name of the school? Arlita's the name of the school. And your school you coach at? Granada Hills Charter. Okay, so you go to coach at Granada Hills Charter. Charter mm-hmm. means you guys can go and recruit and move out and get dudes. Oh, we can't do that. No, we can't do that. You went out and got dudes. 3.30 in the afternoon up. in Van Nuys, that sounds hot, that sounds dusty. <laughs> it is And that sounds dusty. like a, a traffic, an absolute <laughs> nightmare getting home afterwards. Other than that, high school football, huh? Let's, let's get after it. Why are they playing in the afternoon? They don't have lights. Okay. The neighborhood won't allow them to put the lights up, so they have to play in the middle of the day. It's hot, uh, grass is long. I mean, it's everything. All right. Well, I mean, but there's there's nothing like high school football. There's just nothing, absolutely nothing like it. Um, all right, Bucky. So there's a bunch of things to get to in the National Football League as we've had some of these dual scrimmages. We've had a lot. We've had a couple of injuries. We've had. Some, but the most interesting thing is uh, yesterday we found out 
early afternoon East Coast time, midday West Coast time, that Deshaun Watson suspended 11 games and fined $5 million. Now, there's another layer to that in that Deshaun is not going to play the remainder of the preseason, meaning he only played one preseason game. You happen to call that preseason game. We'll get into all the suspension stuff in a second, but guy's been away from football for over a year. It's a completely different system, one that's built on running the football. How'd he look? I mean, he didn't look good. He didn't look good, but I'm not saying he didn't look good because of his skills and his talent. I'm going to say that the person that ran out the tunnel wearing number four for the Cleveland Browns looked like they had the weight of the world on his shoulders. Uh, I felt like there were a couple different factors that may have clouded this player, impacted this play. One, whenever you sign the kind of deal that he signs when you're the highest paid, there's a natural inclination to want to prove to the world that you're worth the money. And even though it's just a preseason game, you still carry those expectations. Well, now compounded with all of the other stuff that's hanging over the head, likely suspension, legalese, all that. And the third part of it is, it reminded me of when LeBron James became the heel in Miami when everyone hated him. Yeah. It's probably the first time Deshaun Watson has walked out of a stadium and everybody rained booze on him. In the South. Right? Yeah. In, in the South it, where, it, he's, right, where he's beloved. Right, because Jacksonville, you think about it, he's an Atlanta kid, yeah. went to um, Clemson down the road. So he has always been kind of like the darling of the Southeast. And for him to run out and to get to have to deal with that, I'm sure that was shocking and it made him kind of fall back a little bit. So... I don't think he played well because he had rust from not playing for a year, then all of that other stuff. But I think down the line when he comes back, I think he'd be fine. I think now that he's able to, if he can finally put it to bed and do all the stuff that they want him to do when it comes to counseling and that stuff, if he's able to put all that to bed and kind of lock in and focus, I think he'll be fine when he returns. How about his first game back is against the Houston Texans? Oh, well, I mean... Oh, look, man, one thing about the National Football League, the National Football League knows how to make a TV show, uh-huh. and that is a TV show. We can downplay and say, oh, it won't be watched. All eyeballs will be on Deshaun Watson when he runs out. He's playing against his former team, all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, it'll be must-see TV when he comes back. It's it's interesting you point that out because I've heard a lot of talk this week over the Christmas Day games, right, with call, with uh, with the NBA. They're like, oh, the Christmas Day games. Like, have, has anybody actually looked at the Christmas Day games in the NFL and who's playing? <laughs> no, dis- no disrespect to all my hoop heads out there. But uh, ladies, gentlemen, no one's going to be watching those games because Christmas Day is now owned by the NFL. I mean, these, these games, Christmas Day, it's uh, Green Bay, Miami. That's Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers against mm-hmm. Tua. Uh, Denver, and they seem to have a new quarterback against the uh, defending yeah. champions, the Rams. Yeah, and then Tom Brady against Kyler Murray, right? Like, or or you can watch the NBA game where we think guys will play. <laughs> we're not really sure in the middle of middle of middle of their season. All right, let's get back to Deshaun. So when you heard eleven games, five million, what'd you think? Uh, I thought that was going to be a, a, about the thing. So last week, at the end of last week, when first you heard the apology, and then the reports came out about. Hey, well, maybe they would take eight games and $5 million. You knew that there were settlement things going on behind the scenes. When Roger Goodell makes the hard statement like for a year and those things, you're trying to set the parameters so now you can meet in the middle. Um, 11 games was about what everyone expected, 10 to 12. And so you basically split the baby and did that. I think the main thing is the NFL and Deshaun Watson, they had to get this off the headlines. They had to get this off the front page. They couldn't go to a season with this being the dominant story for two years in a row. 
Well, now you have a little bit of closure when it comes to the suspension. Now you can at least move forward. And then for Deshaun Watson, look, man, the only thing that he can do is he has to ball out. He just has to ball out and put that to bed. He can't continue to stand in front of the mic and talk about all the stuff like whatever it is, it is. And that's not being disrespectful to those that were affected. But for him as a player, he has to find a way to move this, move beyond this and focus on the play. And the only thing that he can do, really, he can't alter the narrative. The only thing he can do is have people focus on how he plays, and he has to perform at a high level. And and, and people do, naturally. I mean, they, they just do. You go back and look at... You I know, always say Kobe. Huh? Kobe, Mike Vick? Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger? Like, yeah. Those dudes, they have so many opportunities to even... And here's one. And look, it's not in anywhere near as egregious a crime against humanity or anything, but I think people have forgotten... Tom Brady went after Deflategate. One, he's a Patriot. They had Spy. Mm. They had Spygate. Then Deflategate. Yeah. Like Tom Brady was widely considered the most hated quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And now he's absolutely beloved. beloved. You know. Now he he won after that. Then he left. Then he left New England, and he won after that again. So winning cures all. But but the the thing the thing that is going to help Deshaun Watson the most is. As both the Haslam's D and Jimmy said yesterday, he's only 26 years old, so he's got a lot of football left in him. Yeah, if he can just play well and stay out of any sort of headlines off the football field, which was never an issue. That's the other. That's the other crazy part about it. Says never been a thing. No, when you when you asked anybody when this stuff went down, I asked a couple GMs and they're like, "Dude, we had no like this guy completely clean background, clean." So no, haven't haven't known him since high school uh, at Elite Eleven. Watching him come through, watching him come through after that, following his career at Clemson, uh, having talked to him, engaged with him in a few different environments. Look, man, this is a model, model citizen prior to this stuff. So that's why it was so shocking when it came out. Uh, you just didn't expect this. When you hear about how he acts, you hear about the things that he does in the community. It's certainly not something that you would expect. And so the only thing that he can do is what he's continued to do is he has to throw himself in the community. He has to continue to be passionate about the causes that he's behind, and he has to make sure that his stuff on the field is at a high level. In time, some people will be able to focus more on the play. There will always be a faction of people that always focus on the off-field stuff and the settlements and that stuff. But the overwhelming majority of people are looking at his play, and if his play ends up justifying why they rewarded him with the big contract, then it'll kind of go to bed. Yeah. You know, I, I think what's interesting is uh, yesterday uh, he said he apologized, but it was kind of like a blanket, but mm-hmm. I but he maintained his innocence. Mm-hmm. And his apology was to anyone who is affected or anybody really at all. Just here's a blanket apology, and, but, but he maintained his innocence. What do you think of how he handled himself before the media? Look, I think it's very, very difficult uh, for him because if in – his mind, his his heart of hearts. He doesn't feel like he did it. It's hard for him to be and because he took such a strong stance at the outset. Yeah. Whenever he walks some things back, he's always going to have his apology or his words uh, analyzed and dissected, and then he has to answer for it in media. At some point, he has to play what I call the PR game. He just has to shut it down. Yeah. Like at some point, he just has to shut it down. I think now is the time you you, sh- you shut it down because you can't. One, you can't admit you can't to something. Yeah. Well, because because one, there could still be a criminal case, but two, um, you're, there's nothing you're going to say now that's going to win. No. Right. No. Not nothing. No. Nothing. So he he has to he has he has to own it. He has to just kind of find a way to move beyond it, and then he has to allow his actions 
to do what his words can do. People have to see how he lives as opposed to the other stuff. Here, here's one that's really, really interesting, okay? And I'll, I'll use this. This is where you can use a word and it becomes a trigger word. But take a listen. This is him apologizing to all women who are triggered. I apologize beforehand. I think the second time I spoke to you guys, I actually apologized. But I think for some people, it didn't um, maybe register as I, as I was apologizing. But, you know, I just wanted to clarify, you know, I was apologizing to all women and people that was affected about this situation because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a tough situation. What do you apologize for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I apologize to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself, every, everything. So I'm apologizing to everyone that was affected about this whole situation. I, so so when, you, when, when you use the word triggered, you know, people start, people think what he's saying is that, uh, I didn't, the, the this story made you think I did something when the word trigger is actually probably a perfect word mm-hmm. considering there are so many different forms of sexual assault, sexual har- right. uh, harassment, mm-hmm. right? And if you've been affected by it in the past and you hear this story, you read this story, a lot of times it brings up memories of the past, right? Right. It's, we it, all we all bring our personal experiences to the table. Like, however you've grown up, whatever you've been impacted or affected by, that certainly um, plays a part in how you view, cover, write, report on those things. And so when he is talking about triggering, he understood that the situation that he's involved in certainly has brought up some old emotions for a lot of people that have heard about it, read about, seen the case, seen him. Whenever he walks out, it may bring about a distant memory. And so the apology to those who are triggered, I understand it. It's one of those things where every apology is going to be analyzed in those things. And that's why I said at some point he just kind of has to shut it down and move beyond it. He before he got before before he um, decided to not play for the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, he was incredible in terms of his ability to make plays, arm, mm-hmm. leg. Yeah, but he was also a guy held the ball too long. Had a little Ben Roethlisberger to him, right? Held the mm-hmm. ball too long. Tried to be a magician. Um, all things considered, new system, have a ton of pressure on him. He'll have six games to prove himself. Uh, what's the What's the likelihood of success this season with the Browns? It'd be tricky because when you're suspended, so everyone knows, when you're suspended, you're not allowed to be around the team or in the facility. So for eight to ten weeks, he's going to have to practice and get his stuff on his own. And in a new offense, in a new offensive system, you can learn the terminology and the verbiage and all that other stuff. But in terms of executing uh, what this offense will ask of the quarterback, he won't be able to get that practical experience. And so I would expect it to be a little rocky for him. That's it. This system is one that has made average guys pro bowlers. Mm-hmm. It has made pro bowlers MVPs. And so for a guy who is as talented as Deshaun, if he just pays attention and really focuses on the details of playing the position within the system, there can be a bunch of layups for him. So I would expect him eventually to play at a pro bowl level or even higher once he settles into the system and is surrounded by the right people on the outside. And then the question becomes, does his contract become the standard Mm. Or does it remain the outlier? And I guess that we'll find out with Lamar Jackson and some yeah. others who are coming up, coming up on on extensions, right? Because you know that's 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 the other 
I mean, Deshaun is such an interesting figure because there's so many different so many parts different that play. Things play. Right? I'm so there's, glad, there's, I'm there's so still the, there's the Houston thing where he mm-hmm. got paid up front and then was like, nah, I'm out. That was after the DeAndre Hopkins thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, obviously all of this, the the posturing and. I, you know, I've been told mm-hmm. that one of the reasons Matt Ryan, the biggest reason Matt Ryan wanted out of Atlanta was the same reason Baker wanted out of Cleveland is the same reason I'm sure that Tua felt unsettled a long time ago was those teams openly opining yeah. for, for Deshaun, mm-hmm. right? That that caused Matt Ryan to switch places, which may which may help Indy. Then he gets there, he gets a the biggest contract completely guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And like if you're Lamar Jackson, you're sitting there going like, wait a second, hold on, I haven't been mm-hmm. hurt. I've been an mm-hmm. MVP yeah, and I have no off the field baggage at all. Why? Why shouldn't I get another yeah. guaranteed contract? And so that, the funny thing is, I'm so glad you brought this up because I feel like it's one of the maybe underreported parts of the outrage with Deshaun Watson. I do believe a lot of it is about the legalese and the stuff that he was alleged to be involved in. But I think another significant part of it is the money. The money in the contract has created a made him polarizing because people can't understand how a guy who didn't play his last season gets a pay raise and fully guaranteed money, which everyone aspires to get. Here's the thing about other quarterbacks trying to get that. When you sign a fully guaranteed or you agree to a fully guaranteed deal, ownership has to put a significant portion of that in escrow. Correct. And a lot of owners in this league are not liquid enough to be able to say, oh, I'm just going to have $150 trapped away. And so that prevents some of some of the teams from being able to do that. I would also say, though, that the way it went down in Houston, where he agreed to a deal, he got the three years up front, he actually never played a down in that new contract. <laughs> I know. And then he was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Th- that one doesn't sit well. But the big, th- I think the big thing is not necessarily, I think the fully guaranteed is, is mm-hmm. problematic for many owners, but the other part is how they kind of cleverly move that, move that salary to next year. So that next year it's $40 million. So that if not for this $5 million fine, he, he gets fined just game checks, which is nothing this year in comparison to next year, where had he missed 11 games at $40 million, you do the math at how many game checks he'd miss. So I, I think there's, a, there, there's, there's, some, there's definitely something to that, even though I will say it's not uncommon for the first year of a new deal right. to be bare minimum, because if you're giving him a signing bonus, it doesn't that signing bonus, yeah, it doesn't hurt the cap. It doesn't it's hurt the cap. So it's money manipulation. You know, uh, we got we got the best guy to join us next. Michael Lombardi, longtime NFL exec, will join us. Get to that in one second. We can talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, like when they require minimums and worse, how the rewards flat out expire. Or we can talk about how with Discover, you can redeem rewards for cash in any amount at any time. We can talk about amazing. Well, we talked about that. Now let's talk about stuff that you know, the stuff we're here to actually talk about. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Michael Lombardi joins us. What does he think of the league and the NFLPA's decision to settle? That's next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Doug Gottlieb, Bucky Brooks, in for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. So he mentioned that uh, Bucky's a high school coach locally in Southern California. Mm-hmm. How do you know, when do you know if your team is ready to play? Is that that magic level? Like, you kick off at 3.30. <laughs> do you know at 3? Do you know at 3.15? Do you know at 3.30? Or does it take you till 3.35, 3.40? Like, uh, <laughs> uh, like, like you middle, middle of the first quarter. Middle of the first quarter is when you know, okay, either we're good or we're not. But you never know because, like, and it's, it's the hardest thing because, you know, as a player, because you coach, like, you want them to be ready. You want them to be locked in on the bus. You want them locked in and walk through. You want them locked yeah. in from warm-ups. And, 
and they're goofing around and they're taking pictures and they have they want to put their shades on and you like lock in and focus. You sound like the old school coach. Yeah. But then sometimes they're like that. You kick it off and they play great. Right. Other it, times they're locked in and focused and they, they, they suck. So you just don't and, you and just every, don't and know. Group, and every group's different. <laughs> every, group every group's different. Some different. some groups they just they, they they need to be, you know, they need they need to not be serious. Some groups is like how they practice, how they walk through is how they play. It and that's a that's a feeling out process. And you are game and, and high school football is so much harder than high school bat like high school basketball, you always start out in a tournament. So you're like, yeah. all right, you're bad. All right, we'll change something tomorrow. We'll change something tomorrow. And then we play a tournament. Then we got another tournament next week. We'll figure it out. High school football, like you're into it and you got like 10, 11 games and then you got the playoffs. And you're trying to, you're trying to figure it out the entire time. And so what you try to do is you try and stay level-headed and not get over your skis when it comes to it. But yeah, it's, it's a challenge. And you're right. Every group is different. And I think what you said earlier when we were talking about Tom Brady, your team is as your best players are. So if your best players are locked in and focused and those things, they do the right things, then everybody else tends to do that. But if your best player is one of those guys that you're always having to stay on, well, then your team is like that. And so because football is a little different in basketball, in basketball, one or two guys can just carry. You know, if you got better guys, I got better guys, I'm going to give the ball to my guy. But you need the team in football, and so you just hope that those guys buy in and they lock in. But you never know until we're well beyond the first kickoff, and then you're like, oh, okay, this is what we got to do. When you go talk to them, how much of what you say is scripted? And how much of what you say is like, I've, I've, I want to hit this, I want to hit that? Like, or do you just completely wing it? Uh, a little bit. Like little things that you want to talk about. I think what's funny is I think I used to talk to the team more when I was assistant, I thought it was big to stand up in front of the team and do whatever. I try not to say a whole lot, Doug. I try and I try to save my words for when it really matters. I try and look, man, it's a player's game. Like, look, we talk about the same things. Like, hey, block, tackle, take care of the ball, run to the ball. Uh, if you don't give it away, you can win games. Just do those things. And then you hope that it works out and you hope that they buy in. But it's a process. And I think the biggest thing that I figured out coaching ball is people talk about the buzzword culture. Yeah, but the environment that you create, if you can create an environment where dudes are committed and accountable and they have trust with one another, you can win. I, 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 complete, I completely agree. And, and, and that is, you know, it's like I, I used to at times hate practicing as a player, right? Just like, yeah. oh, God, not today. Not today. But if, if you can create the right environment in practice, right, length of practice, intensity of practice, then you don't have to dial it up for a game. But you got to be cautious. Like, how much do I dial up that intensity in practice? You don't want to leave it on the practice field, right? Yeah. That's that's the other part. Michael Lombardi joins us here. Of course, a uh, longtime executive in the National Football League. He hosts the Lombardi line on, on VEASAN, and uh, he's an author. He's done just about everything, part of three. Uh, he's a three-time Super Bowl-winning NFL executive, and he was NFL Executive of the Year. He joins us with Bucky Brooks. I'm Doug Gottlieb here on the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Michael, what, what was your immediate reaction to the agreement with this uh, Deshaun Watson suspension? You know, it, it's, I thought it was right in the worst spot it could be for the Browns as they build their future. You know, look, the Watson case, that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we've talked about at length. But for me, from a football standpoint, and strictly this is all I'm talking about here, is 11 games is, is really right in the hard spot because – as Bucky knows, having played, you know, having played, it's hard for a guy to not play and then all of a sudden become magical. And so the fact that he'll come back week 12 doesn't mean he comes back as the player we remember. He comes back as a guy trying to get his game going again. And it may take him two weeks. It may take him three weeks. And what happens if the Browns are good? 
do you make that substitution? You know, do you go with you automatically go with Watson and sit, try to see him go through it? To me, you know, I, I said this before. Anything over six games, I would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo because it's going to be too hard for Brissett to manage it. And I think that ultimately 11 games is going to be harder for Watson to come back and have any continuity and any success immediately. Michael, I want to give you your flowers. One, I think the work that you've done since we last were together, NFL Network has been amazing in terms of how you're helping coaches with the daily coach, uh, gridiron genius. All this stuff is outstanding. Um, Thank so, you. So yeah, like it's, it's really awesome. You know, Bucky was you know, hey Doug, you got to remember now, Bucky was the pride of Al Davis. Now, <laughs> Bucky, Bucky could run. Uh, he could run. You know, I couldn't play, but I could run. I couldn't Bucky play. Bucky could run, run. And, and we were going to play Bucky at every position known to mankind. I mean. Bucky would Bucky would have been great in the Princeton offense where Petey Corral would have played him everywhere, you know? He could run. I appreciate you saying that, Bucky. The Daily Coach has been a has been a source of uh of great pride for Coach Raveling and myself to help other coaches and you know, it's it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. I gotta tell you one of my former players, Kamadi Ramsey, is one of the guys that used to help with you guys, I know when you started out. So Amazing. I, yeah, so I wanna say that. he's the greatest writer of all time, but Kamadi is the wordsmith of all time. He's amazing. <laughs> So, and, and thinking about your experience as a front office, so now what do you do with Deshaun Watson? Like, he can't be around the facility. If you could build out a plan for him, what would you advise him to do to get ready so he can be at his best when he returns? That's a hard thing to do because, you know, everything with a quarterback is timing. Look, Aaron Rodgers is complaining about his receivers because he doesn't have enough experience with them. And, and, and you know, you remember going to Colt games and Doug, you've seen Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. Guys have played forever. You know, they're out there pregame two hours before working on their routes, working on their adjustments. Playing receiver with the quarterback, it, it takes time. Yeah. And when you don't have that timing, you know, why is Cooper Cup so good? Why did Cooper Cup get 81 first downs last year in the NFL when everybody knew he was getting the ball? Because he and Stafford have such symmetry together. And I think that's hard to duplicate for Deshaun Watson. So I, I think to me, what I would tell Watson is, I think you got to get back and you got to restore your name. You got to try to do things to help other people, to help the, to, to help show that you are a good person, that the person that everybody thought at Clemson isn't this person today. I think you got to work on your character. You got to work on the things that you got to give back to the community. I think that's really important. One, two. I don't know how he's going to get better at football when the timing of who he's going to practice against isn't going to be there. It's a challenge. It really is. You know, I'm sure they're going to set him the game plans. I'm sure they're going to make sure he's watching tape, all those things. But nothing's, you know, Allen Iverson talked about practice. But football, you need practice. And you need practice with the guys you're going to play with. No question. Um, Which brings us to another quarterback who's slightly more accomplished than Deshaun Watson and Tom Brady. Yesterday, Todd Bowles said, he, he basically said he doesn't know when he's going to return, right? Thinks it could be Monday, but doesn't know it's going to be Monday. We're told this was pre-planned, fine. But for Tom Brady, a guy who is an absolute fiend for preparation, he's lost a couple offensive linemen, he's lost his longtime tight end, his best wide receiver is not healthy. How do you think this affects the Buccaneers season? Well, I'll tell you this. I'm going to do a plug. VEASAN has – we have a great betting guide going out. This will come out next week. And all that is questions that get answered in the guide. If you want to learn about these teams, it's tremendous. 
But I don't know how Tom's going to do it. I think it was pre-planned because I think it was really important that, that it leaked out or it was told that it wasn't about his mom. My initial reaction was, oh, maybe something's wrong with his mom. He yeah, needs to go help her. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm so thankful that that's not the case. Look, you know, Tom's in a, relation, a married man. He's got kids. Maybe they planned this vacation. Now, I can't imagine Tom can go on vacation without getting TMZ showing pictures of him riding the rides at Disney. But I, obviously, this is something that was pre-planned. I'm sure they know when he's coming back. I think they want to make sure give it a day or two here or there. I fully expect Tom to be working on his game no matter where he is. Because remember, when he, goes to, when he goes on vacation, even in March – you know, he's got two receivers with him and a bag of balls. <laughs> I mean, he does. It's, it's funny you, you bring up balls because the gate and that stuff. So I want to go back to the Patriots because there's a lot of consternation and intrigue about what is happening with them in the offensive play caller. Is it Matt Patricia? Is it Joe Judge? You haven't been around the Patriots. How do the Patriots normally handle preseason when it comes to that kind of stuff, getting coaching responsibilities and that for game day? Well, I think they do like they, they try to help coaches in preseason as much as they try to develop players, right? So always in the last preseason game, somebody will call the game that's outside the coordinator. You know, for example, you know, that when Josh McDaniels was there, you know, Brian Dayball would call the game when in the fourth preseason game. Or last year, I think my son Mick actually called the, 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 the third preseason game while Josh worked on the opponent you know, the next opponent. So there's always a development end to this. Look, I think what, what people don't understand is everything that happens inside that building is coordinated through the head coach. He's not a guy who's just standing on the sidelines watching the game. You know, he's putting, he's going through the offensive game plan with the offensive staff. He's going through the defensive game plan with the defensive staff. So calls that are made during the game have pretty much been predetermined. If, you, if I could ever give the Hall of Fame anything, I wish I could give them Bill Belichick's pre-game, pre-night meeting, Saturday night before the game, when he has the entire coaching staff in the room and he goes over how the game is going to go tomorrow. And he would say to Josh McDaniels, look, Josh, on the first third down call, I want this and this. You know, Matt Patricia on defense, you know, first third down call, I think we should do this. I want to start the game off this way because everybody understands it. So we make such a big deal of who the play caller is because we've become a league of subcontractors. You know, Kellen Moore runs the offense in Dallas. Poor Mike McCarthy walks around with a sheet in his hand, you know, and Dan Quinn runs the defense, you know. And so Matt Eberflus just stands there and watches two coaches coach. That doesn't happen in New England. You, you mentioned Mike McCarthy. Uh, this is obviously a year where people think he's got to win and it's got to get cleaned up in terms of the penalties that didn't in the preseason game. In terms of end-of-game execution, obviously we're not there yet. They have a lot of injuries to their wide receivers. Offensive line appears to have aged some. Same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. Do the Cowboys have it to win that division? I think it's going to be hard. Look, I think they've got to get better on offense. I think the problem with Dallas has been, look, everybody talks about Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore it calls plays. But there's an element of you've got to be able to run an offense that's complementary to the game that's going on. And so I don't think the three areas, special teams, offense, and defense, get tied together in Dallas. And then there's an old saying, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. When you have too many penalties in games, then you're allowing it to happen. You know, you've got to stop it. You've got to handle it. And Mike won a Super Bowl calling offensive plays in Green Bay. It's remarkable to me that he just stands there and watches Kellen Moore as the head coach run the offense when they don't really run away to where they don't adjust during the game. It's pretty clear. 
So for me, I think it's going to be hard. I think Pollard moving into the slot may be a really good idea. This is a really good player. You know, this next book that I finished, I, I, I ranked the top 100 players. And when I watch Gail Sayers run it, it, to, to study for the book, Tony Pollard and Gail Sayers run very similar. They're very, they're very, I mean, he's so talented. They've got to keep him on the field all the time. I think C.D. Lamb will be really good. If they get Gallup back, that's great. The concern you have with Dallas is the left tackle. Can Smith stay healthy? You know, and then the guard they drafted from Tulsa has a propensity to hold. You know, and either you put mittens on them or you don't play them because it, once you get a holding penalty as offensive football team, you're going to step back. So I think it's going to be a hard year for Dallas. I really do. I think this Eagle team has improved greatly. I don't know if Jalen Hurts improved greatly, but the team around them has. You know, Mike, I, I hear you always talk about um, on your podcast, the GM Shuffle, which is a great listen. I hear you all the time talk about pad level and conditioning. So when we're mm-hmm. looking at preseason games, um, what are you looking for as you're thinking about building your team for the season, for the marathon? What are the things that should be important to watch in preseason? I think pad level is so important because you don't practice during the season. You get one practice a week. You have to. People say, what is pad level? Pad level is your ability to control the line of scrimmage. Football is still a game in the trenches. No matter how much we want to draft receivers in the first round, football is a game that's determined by offensive and defensive linemen who controls the line. And pad level goes a long way with that. And if you don't coach pad level in August, you can't get it back in November. So I'm always looking at that. The other thing I'm looking at is running backs, right? We don't practice running backs in the preseason. But when you get to that first game and you've given a back the ball 20 times, can he hold up during that time? Is he not exhausted? And then conditioning. Look, here's the problem. Last year, I thought the Eagles were one of the worst conditioned teams in the month of September. You know, Fletcher Cox would go two plays and have to come out. You know, when you're playing in a game in September, the heat, humidity in the East is a problem. Plus, you've got to be ready for the fourth quarter. You've got to be ready for the fourth quarter. And it's like boxing. If you don't spar so many rounds in the, before the fight, you're not going to last the end of the fight. So that's what I'm always looking for. And I'm looking for level of comp against a player. Like last night, Geno Smith didn't play well against the backups for the Bears. That's got to worry you tremendously. Michael Lombardi, our guest here on the Dan Patrick Show with Bucky Brooks. I'm Doug Gottlieb. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs have been the dominant team in the AFC for the past half decade. But, but that team's going to change, right? Because every team that prepped for them, with the exception of the Raiders, played two high safeties for fear of Tyreek Hill getting loose. Tyreek Hill is no longer a member of the Chiefs, and... Now they're starting to have some injuries to some of the replacements for Tyreek Hill. How do you think the Chiefs look when they play real games this year? You know, just to the first preseason game, Doug, I thought they really went back to Andy Reid's West Coast roots. I mean, you know, when they had Alex Smith and Andy first got there in 13, they were West Coast college. They were Alex Smith's Utah offense. And then when they got Mahomes in there, they transferred. With Tyreek Hill, they became this down-the-field, you know, different version of the West Coast. But what I saw in the first preseason game was more of, of what Andy did in Philadelphia. And I think he understands that he doesn't have anybody to clear it up. I think the bigger concern, if I'm Travis Kelsey, I'm worried. Because Travis Kelsey never was able all – the, all the coverage went over to Hill. It went over to Hill. You know, we're going to roll to Hill. We're going to get to Hill. Kelsey kind of away from the three-by-one had a pretty good chance to get open against guys that can't cover him. I think that's going to affect it. And I think Andy knows that. Andy's such a good offensive coach that he can adapt his offense. And he had an offseason to do it. And I think that's what's going, what you're going to see. I think they're going to go back to his West Coast roots more and adapt to within fit to personnel that he has. Look, you can't replace Hill. I don't know why they traded him. 
to me, he was the he was the straw that stirred the drink there because they, they didn't people didn't play two high safeties. They played two really high safeties. Like they were not allowing <laughs> this guy only averaged eleven point nine yards a catch because everybody was scared to death of him. You know, Michael, I feel like you've been one of the guys who has been a Lamar Jackson fan, but you've also had maybe a vision for how he could play as he ages in this league. Can you just talk a little bit about how you would envision a perfect offense for Lamar Jackson in this league based on what you saw from him, not only since he's been in the league, but what you saw from him when he was at Louisville? Well, my son was at Louisville, so I watched every Louisville game. He was coaching the tight ends at Louisville. So I kind of knew Louisville's program. And Lamar was under center quite a bit with Bobby Petrino. I think we have this notion that we got to put players in shotgun all the time. And I think if he's under center, he's more dangerous. Now, the only play in football, the only play in football where the quarterback blocks somebody is the boot or the naked because somebody's got to run out there with them, right? And if you're Lamar Jackson and you fake a handoff and you boot out – that guy who's running out there with him ain't going to catch him. And so now all of a sudden it opens up the field. You can throw the ball down the field. Lamar's struggles have been throwing the ball outside the numbers, down the field, vertically. Mark Andrews makes a ton of catches inside the hash marks or inside the numbers, actually. And so for me, what I would run with Lamar would be the Kyle Shanahan offense, boots, nakeds, you know, movement plays, get him outside. He can throw the ball. He was one of the most accurate deep ball throwers in the middle of the field, down the field. Bobby Petrino would open up a lot of games at Louisville with a deep post or a deep over, and he would face mask the throw, which meant he put the ball into the receiver's face mask. It was really brilliant, and that's what I would run. But I think what's happened to them is they Baltimore's gotten into way too much RPO stuff. I don't think he's an RPO quarterback. I think he's a play-action pass quarterback. Now, in the first preseason game, watching their tape with Huntley at quarterback, they looked like they were going to be under center a little bit more. I think that's the key. If they do that with their offense and the way he looks, Bucky, you saw the pictures of him, and he yeah. looks like a linebacker. Yeah, he's, He looks like a linebacker. Size. You know, Bill Walsh used to say to me all the time when I would get on bus one, and sit behind him, and he was doodling the single wing plays in his, with his little notepad up front. He said, you know, if I could ever got – if Joe Montana could hold up running the single wing, he would have been tremendous. Same thing with Lamar. Yeah. He could be the greatest single wing quarterback ever. Isn't that what they're running? Well, they, they're not really running it because he's not under center. Isn't single wing from the shotgun? It is, but, I mean, their plays, the motion, all the stuff that they do – the way he handles it, you got to be able to run play action. Yeah. You got to be able to fake the handoff. You got to get him out on the perimeter. You got to make somebody run with him. And and you and what happens when you run boots? The backside. Why do you think the running game in a bootleg action is so effective? Because right. the backside vacates. Right. It's, you know, we, it's eleven on eleven it, football. It's, it's much more right, eleven well, on yeah, eleven. Yeah. Exactly. Michael Lombardi joining us. Uh, Michael, I, I want to ask you about about two other teams. Um. I watched the Chargers several times. They scrimmaged the Cowboys. They were better yesterday. weren't as good the, the day before. But the Chargers feel like they have the talent and they've shored up offensive line, some of the run game stuff. Brandon Staley's second year as head coach, you would think can only get better. Are you a buyer into the Chargers, a team who, despite no matter who they have at coach, it feels like they lose one or two that they shouldn't lose during a season? 
Well, look, lastly, what I worried about is when your head coach is a, is a specialist in one area, and that area is really pathetic. They were terrible on defense last year, and they've got really good players. They got a Pro Bowl player at safety. They got a Pro Bowl player in the defensive line, and they had a, you know now they signed J.C. Jackson. I mean, this is a more talented team. The reason he went for it so much on fourth down, according to what he told people, was because he didn't trust his defense. Now he's got to improve his defense. You know, because those same players were on the field. I know he's added J.C. Jackson, but they've got to get better. They couldn't stop the run last year at all. They struggled. So I think Herbert's great. I think they've got to diversify a little bit more offensively. You know, I think losing Melvin, I think losing a big back. I think they need somebody with Eckler because I think Eckler's great, right? But I think you need another, you need a one-two combination. Maybe they'll have it. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But I, I think ultimately they're going to have to find a way to win close games. And that's something they couldn't do last year. And he's got to manage games better. I know he makes the analytical community happy because he goes for it on fourth down. But there's a difference between being aggressive and being stupid. And I think sometimes he was just not smart in right. those decisions. Right. And going for it on your own 19-yard line against the Raiders. Speaking of the Raiders, okay, you have a new coach um, who obviously has done amazing things as an offensive coordinator, not, as, not when he was a head coach in Denver. And then you bring in Devontae Adams in any conversation of the best wide receiver in the league. But there's so much change with the Raiders. Even if they're more talented at certain spots, will they be as good as they were last year? Well, full disclosure, my son's the offensive coordinator, so my heart's in full time with the Raiders. I'm a Raider once again, so I'll say this with tainted glasses. But the fact is that if they can get Waller back, you know, they were one of the worst red zone teams in football last year, and they had Darren Waller. He only played in 11 games. He caught two touchdown passes. Darren Waller, away from the three-by-one with Hunter Renfro in there. Hunter Renfro was 81% the time they threw the ball. This is an important stat in football. How many times you're a target and how many catches you make? He was 81% last year, one of the highest in the league. So Renfro's really good. He converted 43 first downs. And with, with Devontae Adams on the outside, the coverage is getting rolled. That means Waller's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to have a great year. I think the key for the Raiders is if they can play from in front, if they can get the lead, if they can play the Bill Walsh theory of West Coast, which is be, get the lead at halftime and let Chandler Jones and Max Crosby rush and really be disruptive in that, they have a chance to be. It's a tough competition. They play great quarterbacks, but they're set up to play quarterbacks because of Crosby and Jones. I think, and the one thing different between Andy Reid and Josh McDaniels is Josh McDaniels will run the ball. Andy got bored with running. Yeah. Even with those high safeties, you know, Andy would give up on a five. You know, at the five-yard gains kind of bothered Andy. You know, he didn't want to play five-dollar blackjack. He wanted to play fifty-dollar blackjack. So, you know, but but Josh will run the ball more. I think if Jacobs could stay healthy or whoever the back will be, I think that's key. They've got to control the pace of the game. And look, let's face it, they have one of the best field goal kickers in football. That's why they won so many close games. And why did the Bengals get to the Super Bowl last year? Why did the Bengals almost win a Super Bowl? Okay. Because the McPherson was 14 for 14 in the playoffs. Sure, sure. Awesome stuff as always. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Uh, look, appreciate it. But, go, go ahead. Uh, the, the, no, just thanks to having me. I appreciate you. And I just want to mention VEASAN and check out the, the betting guy. Yeah, it's, uh, you can go to VEASAN. V-I-S-I-N dot com slash subscribe, and you can get a copy of that Better's Guide that'll be available on the 25th of August. Of course, Michael Lombardi hosts the Lombardi line on VSIN. That's V-S-I-N. Okay, coming up next uh, here on the Dan Patrick Show. Ooh, ooh, I like, 
I like I like this. Independent uh, intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. The 2022 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at mbusa.com. What does the massive new media deal mean for recruiting? That's for the Big Ten, but also for the rest of college football. That's next. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. 
Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Happy Friday, a football Friday. And um, I believe we are... Seven sleeps away from college football, is that right? Yeah. We saw. I mean, with Bucky Brooks, I'm Doug Gottlieb. Bucky, of course, uh, a high school head coach here in Southern California. He's got his first game at 3.30 today. I kind of... I, I, I'm not sure I necessarily like playing at 3.30, but I like being I like the idea of being done at 6. <laughs> it's, it's, it's odd, for sure. It's odd to play a high school game at 3.30 when you're so used to what they call Friday night lights. Yes. 7 o'clock, 7.30 starts. The lights, this would be different, but uh, it'll be a good experience. It'll be a good experience. It'll be nice and warm. Be toasty. Don't, guys don't have to get warmed up. Right? <laughs> but you definitely you got you to manage conditioning a little bit. You got to manage conditioning. You got to hydrate. Yep. You got to make sure to hydrate. But yeah, it's a different it's a different challenge for sure. Especially those th- those big boys. Um, we've got a lot into the Deshaun Watson thing. We'll continue to do so. Michael Lombardi, of course, a, a longtime member of several spectacular front offices. He also uh, has the Lombardi line. He has his own book. He's worked for Belichick. He's worked for Bill Walsh. You name it. He'll join us upcoming in about 15 minutes. Uh, We'll talk some of the Big Ten media deal and what that does for not just college, but I'm interested. Bucky knows the high school recruiting world. How does that that shift a lot of these teams on the West Coast? What does it do to the Big Ten? What does it do to the rest of the country? Get to that. Uh, Zach Jackson's going to join us next hour. He covers the Browns for The Athletic as we try and figure out all the reaction to the Deshaun Watson news and the press conference and all the comments and how they're feeling in Cleveland. Plus, we got some Kenny Pickett stuff for you. Let me start with this, though. Bucky, um, Baker Mayfield appears to, he's going to be the starter week one for the Carolina Panthers. You and I were just talking off air, like, mm-hmm. man, Sam Darnold, I just, I just thought he was going to be a dude. And I do understand both of us as former athletes, right? You understand what confidence or lack thereof can do. It makes you a shell of the player you used to be. But you even go back to week three last season when he had Christian McCaffrey. Like mm-hmm. people are like, "Wow, Sam Donald, he's bounced back." What happened? Like it's 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 one of the more baffling deals. And here's the thing that's so difficult about evaluating players coming out of college: you just don't know what their pro environment is going to be. Coaching, staff, supporting cast around them, uh, how they act going from one league to the next, meaning going from the college game to the next level, playing in the pro game, because it's all different. For Sam Donald, he certainly was talented. I liken him to more of a, in basketball terms, more of a scorer than a shooter. I didn't think his game was pure in terms of like the way that he passed and all that, but Everybody loved who he was as a person. He had great leadership skills and intangibles. And still, he's regarded as a great worker and guy in the locker room. On the field, it just hasn't resonated. And I think what happens is you have a guy like Baker Mayfield who comes in there who has always been at his best when he's been challenged and when he's had to kind of scratch and claw and find a way to get ahead. And now he has a situation where he's competing with Sam Donald. And I just think that confidence that Baker has – I think the team feels that. And if Sam has any insecurities that kind of manifest itself, I think it just makes it very, very difficult for the head coach to go with the guy who is questionable and shaky as opposed to the guy who is confident, even though their skills may be comparable. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to liken myself to Baker Mayfield in a, in, a, in a probably to some people disrespectful way, but whatever. 
So I left Notre Dame. If you haven't followed on Twitter, mm-hmm. I did something bad like almost 30 years ago, and people still think that that's still talking about. Yeah, that's right. But when I left Notre Dame, and it wasn't their fault. Like they didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But one of my final schools was Marquette. Oh, and one of the reasons I love Marquette, Mike Dean was the coach who's a who's my kind of crazy person. Mm-hmm. I love Dino. But it was that they played Notre Dame every year. Right? <laughs> you wanted to get some. Hell yeah, I wanted you to, wanted to get some. Like, like I was, I was hoping Baron Davis wouldn't go to UCLA because maybe I go to UCLA because they played Notre Dame every year, right? And they were better. But I was like, man, Marquette, like, man, we could, we could go and beat Notre Dame every year. Yeah, and just you stick know. it to him. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. His first game is against the Browns, mm-hmm. who drafted number one overall, yeah. picked up his fifth-year option, and then it's like, eh, you know what, we, we like you Deshaun Watson better. We'll give Deshaun Watson, sight unseen, knowing that a suspension's coming, the biggest contract fully guaranteed in the history of the sport. Mm-hmm. So he obviously feels shunned. Um, I, I do, you, you mentioned he's at his best right, when he's challenged. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll be at his best uh, a couple Sundays from now. Oh, he'd be on. He'd be on ten. He might be on eleven, facing them. Can you imagine he's that on, guy? Because that guy's a, that guy's a, he's almost like Latimer in uh, <laughs> uh, what, uh, what what uh, what football movie is that with uh, the program? Right. Yes. Right? Yes. Spot yes. the ta- spot the table. Yeah. First team defense. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, gonna be him. He's gonna be. He's gonna be lights out. The thing with Baker is, and I think this is what his his, his next team. It may be the Panthers. What they have to channel is Baker Mayfield is always at his best when he's back into a corner. He has to prove himself. The issue happens with Baker is when, not necessarily when he gets comfortable, when he doesn't necessarily have that immediate thing, that immediate challenge that makes him go up a notch. Because right now, man, by all accounts, like Robbie Anderson and those guys who were like, I don't know, are now talking about, oh, man, we feed off his energy and his confidence and this. And so... Baker's going to play well, and he's going to end up playing well against the Browns because that's what he does. Like, we all as competitive athletes love, man, we love to do the I told you so thing. Mm-hmm. And so he is going, he's, he's going to probably play his best game of the season against the Browns. And so we'll see. But this is a fascinating thing that Baker Mayfield in three and a half weeks can come and snatch Sam Darnold's job. That is something that I know we talk about, A, he had an inside track because they traded for him. But to get – traded for July 6th and to be the starter in the first preseason game, Doug, that's unprecedented. That's unprecedented in a true quarterback competition. Yeah, that to me is is mind-blowing. It, it is mind-blowing, but I also would tell you that if it doesn't work, it, it, part of it is you understand why Matt Rule might be out of a job, right? Where he's yeah. he's kind of he's grasping at straws to try and save this thing. And Baker, Baker is a guy who he does. He's charismatic. He walks into a mm-hmm. room. He takes over the room. Whereas Sam has a kind of cool, kind of cool, calm demeanor, kind of quiet and thoughtful. Uh, you know, but but ba- Baker's definitely takes the air out of a room. Mm-hmm. My thing with Baker has always been like, I I think he's got all those things. I just don't know if he has the talent, right? Because every everyone, I yeah, I didn't think. I I agree with you. I didn't know what his superpower was. Look, I thought he can be feisty and have the edge and the intangibles and those things. Look, not quite big enough, not quite fast enough. Arm talent is fine, solid, but I didn't think he was a level in any regard. So I always wondered. How is he going to overcome his deficiencies? Well, when he's backed into a corner and he has to prove it, 
his energy, intensity, and all that stuff, competitiveness, enables him to overcome it. Man, is that sustainable? I, mean, I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah. See, I think that's, again, I, I think that's what happened last year. You know, you and I have talked about, like, you just, you can't fool players. Right? Yeah. At, at, that, at, that, yeah. at that level, you can't fool them. If you don't have it, it doesn't matter how much you act yeah. like you got it. Yeah, if you, you ain't got it, it, you got to have it. That's the only explanation for how he lost that locker room in Cleveland. Yeah. Is that he? There's certain things he couldn't do. Now, could he not do those things because his left shoulder was injured? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But there were things that he couldn't do, and that seems to be why he lost that locker room. Yeah, you lose the locker room when you do it. And also, mm-hmm. like whatever happened with him and Odell, and maybe him and Jarvis Landry, when you have guys who are respected throughout the league as dudes, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, it ended up looking bad, making him look bad that he couldn't figure it out. Especially when Odell goes to the Rams. And has success with Matthew Stafford. Immediately. Yeah, and so that didn't help his his cause. But now you look, you get a clean slate, and sometimes going to a new environment, dealing with new players, different players, new system, he's able to kind of rebuild and repair his career. And by all accounts, he's done a great job in camp. And it certainly looks like he's gonna be the QB one when the Panthers play the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. One. And which makes that game, did did you ever think you that a Carolina Cleveland week one game would be a man, I can't wait to see that game. But as you pointed out, the NFL does it better than anybody else. Oh, that just happens to be the first game of the season. Just Look what just happened. Game. That's amazing. How'd that fell, happen? Just fell into it. Oh, just, it, it, just naturally. It's you know, <laughs> so just, crazy. That's just that just uh that that fell into. That's gonna be a remarkable thing. Um did you watch last night uh, with 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 the Bears statistically dominating the Seahawks? I did, and I got a chance to see it. I'm really excited. Like There are a lot of people that are down on the Bears, and I know preseason stuff doesn't matter. But I'm just really excited about Justin Fields playing in an offense that I believe is more catered to his skill set. And so when I look at Justin Fields playing in another Shanahan-like system that does a lot of what we call stretch bootleg, so running game to the front side, bootleg to the back side, it's really easy for the quarterback. And we saw he goes five for seven. The yards per attempt were not quite where you like it, but what you saw was like just solid, steady, consistent play from him. And if he continues to give you that, he'll be fine. They need to upgrade the weapons, but right now it's working, and I think they'll end up being okay. It's going to be an interesting challenge for him because this is a GM that didn't draft him, okay, a coach that didn't draft him, and – the the previous GM and previous coach and previous director of player personnel that did like him, um, they it's not like you, like you point out they didn't leave him a ton of of weapons so you really got to see it even if the results aren't what you want them to be right like there's nobody in that offense that really really scares you nobody he's the one that scares you right. so if he is able to do anything with this this group the new regime will feel great about him. Now, and it's tricky because it's not necessarily fair to him that you're asking him to do a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, when you're a high pick and you land wherever you land, you got to kind of figure it out. And so he has to figure it out despite his circumstances. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon. You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.